Welcome to Unfurling, a podcast that explores the power of the natural world to inform and inspire. I'm Katrina. And I'm Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth, diving straight in to soil. I have some nice qu- quotes to start us off with, I think. I'll, uh, I'll read a couple um, and then perhaps we can dive in as to yeah, why we've chosen this topic today. Yeah, bring in some science, some magic, and see where we go. Um, We're also bringing in a cat today. Yes, we are bringing in a cat, Elizabeth's cat. There's a cat on my desk, and he's got a very loud purr, and uh, he's insisting that he stays on the desk. So if you can hear a purr in the background, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some wisdom will come along from the cat. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, I think I'll just read a couple of quotes, if that's okay, just to, I guess, set maybe set some of the tone for this. So this is a quote by uh, Charles E. Kellogg from 1938, saying, essentially, all life depends upon the soil. There can be no life without soil and no soil without life. They have evolved together. And in a similar vein, Chief Seattle in 1852 said, we are part of the earth and it is part of us. What befalls the earth befalls all the sons of the earth. Great quotes. Mm. Can I add in a quote? I'm going to add (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, I've referenced him before. My my, uh, good old favourite author and farmer, Wendell Berry, Mm. said in The Unsettling of America, Um, a book of his, he said, the soil is the great connector of lives, the source and destination of all. It is the healer and restorer and resurrector by which disease passes into health, age into youth, death into life. Without proper care for it, we can have no community because without proper care for it, we can have no life. Mm. It's an important thing. Yeah. Yes, it is. And yet it's something that we can easily overlook. Yeah, and so when we decided to to look at this topic last week, and when I started researching it, I suddenly realized I didn't really know what soil is. What's the difference between um, soil and dirt, for example? And as I did a bit more research, what, what struck me with what I was reading was the aliveness of soil that it's it's really a natural body made up of minerals and air and water and organic matter and living organisms. And it's really the interface between the atmosphere and bedrock. And yeah, just struck by how it can hold so many stories and history. You know, the, the way it's made up will differ depending on the climate and where it is and what's been done to it. Um, and suddenly I just, I've, I've actually become quite excited by this topic. Um, it's one that I, I felt I didn't really know anything about, but actually it feels like there's quite a lot of magic um, here as well as pure science and science in itself can be magic. Yeah. What about for you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I love that. I love the combination of science and, and the magic and the more kind of the, mis- the mysterious side of it, how mm. they can fuse together. Um I just think it's fascinating. And I think particularly now living more rurally, I've mm. I've been re almost reawakened or awakened to just the the, the power of soil, um, mm. you know, literally to feed us, to to kind of prompt life. So at the moment, yeah, you know, I go on my 
daily walk when I can and um, everything is lifeless. You know, there are no blossoms on trees yet. Everything feels still. And yet I know that underneath the ground, in the soil, things are happening. You know, life is happening. Mm. And um, I just think that's beautiful. You know, it, it kind of got me thinking about what you know, what does that mean for us as as people? You know, sometimes... Mm. It feels like nothing is happening, nothing is happening, nothing is happening. And then suddenly things bloom mm. into life, whether that's a new idea, an organization, a, a movement for change. And it's, mm. it was a, I guess, just an affirmation that meaningful growth and meaningful blossoming, it takes time, it takes stillness, it takes dormancy, actually. Mm. You can't rush things, we need patience. Mm. Um, so those ideas have been bouncing around my head. And also being fairly connected to farming around here and through my council work and through you know local friends who are farmers, just recognizing the truth that I can't, I can't remember who said it, but there is a quote in my head. I'll find it out and put it in the show notes. But the idea that all of life hangs on the top six inches of topsoil, you know, mm. all of life is just dependent on six inches of mm. earth in which there is life and microorganisms and fungi and mm. and you know and again being plugged into the farming world knowing how much that is it is, is under threat at the moment mm. through intensive farming chemicals being put into the land and there's a real movement against that you know particularly in the organic farming world um, and using more natural ways of putting nutrients back into the soil we'll save that for another um, episode that we'll do at some mm. point on on farming mm. no doubt but but just that you know just the reality that we are intimately connected to the future of the soil and therefore we, we need to, I feel that we need to pay attention to it and, and, and to its health and to its lessons. Yeah. So lots, lots of thoughts and they do fuse the kind of science and the, and the mm. magic and the practical stuff, the farming, it's all kind of joined together in this earthy brown stuff under our feet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I got prompted by thinking about soil. Um, I've been watching, uh, a drama on Sky called Yellow Jackets. And it's about these uh, teenage girls that are in a plane crash in the Canadian wilderness. And it's about their story of being out there um, and how they mm. re- respond to it. And interestingly, there's a real theme around soil and earth and connecting with that and the magic with that and starting to worship it. But I think also with that, that idea about worship and appreciation and, and real respect for it, you know, I was reading about how it can take tens of thousands of years to form a mature soil. Mm. Um, yet it can, you know, just to lose an inch of soil doesn't take any time at all, mm. you know? So I think there's, there is some reverence around this that we need to, to bring in here. Yeah. There's a book I read a while ago called Soil and Soul. Um, mm. And it's not about physically about soil, but it's, um, it's a, it is about that connection of, of, place and meaning and um it's by a scottish author and campaigner and quaker called alistair mackintosh mm. um and it's had eclectic praise from tom york of radiohead to mm-hmm. the archbishop of canterbury to you know all sorts of people love this book i really recommend it it's kind of how individuals and communities can take on the might of big um corporates and, and protect their land and you know be yeah hold that reverence of their place and their soil mm-hmm. and um you know hold that above all other things it's a really beautiful and inspiring book mm-hmm. but yeah you know the, the kind of sacredness of soil and I think some of the sort of eco movements 
I think really embody that. Yeah, that 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 place piece feels important because often you can use, I guess, the word soil actually around where we come from. So returning to the Scottish soil. I know you've you've mentioned a couple of times in different episodes um, about the red soil. Is that right? About in mm. Devon? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and in Africa actually. Yeah. Yeah, connecting that. And it's interesting living in a city. I'm just looking out at my mini garden and there is soil there, but it's 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 organized <laughs> in, into different mm-hmm. rectangles and things, but it is still there and it is still sustaining, sustaining life in the plants that it's supporting. Mm. Um, so it really is everywhere. It is. And, you know, it doesn't have to be in the countryside for mm. there to be quality soil in fact actually in some rural places the soil's really unhealthy because mm. of intensive farming whereas I was in London recently and I was saying this to you before Kat I was in mm. London walking through Hyde Park and there was a tractor kind of doing something with the soil and and turning it over and raking it and the soil just looked gorgeous and fine and lovely color of brown and I sent a photo to a farmer friend of mine up in Cumbria and he said that's amazing soil Mm. (laughs) and this is you know Hyde Park in London um I don't know whether it had been brought in or if it was just there but it it apparently was quality soil and yeah it's intimately tied to place Mm. where you're from and how you can identify place by looking at soil and what grows in the soil and Mm. you know how some soils are good for some kinds of trees and plants and other soils and places are better for other kinds of plants Mm. yeah it isn't just a homogenous same brownness Mm. everywhere it's it's got its own fingerprint and its own its own song really Mm. which i think's lovely whenever i think of like scotland i think of you know more peat peaty soil um it's interesting how you can even if you don't know anything about gardening (laughs) you can just sense where you are according Mm. to what what you can see and there's something for me that's, that feels important about soil is also just, you know, what it can facilitate, as well as literally growing food mm. for us and, and plants. But also, you've spoken, Elizabeth, at length about fungi and the communication networks that are enabled through soil. But also, soil has a microbiome similar to the microbiome that we, we have in our own digestive systems. And both of us quoted to each other just earlier today that there are more soil microorganisms in a teaspoon of healthy soil than there are people on the earth. Mm. And with that, you know, there, there is that idea of that diversity that feels exciting to think about, but also these microbiomes may also contain antidepressants. Mm. So there, there's this kind of healing potential as well with soil. Yeah, I think I think I read something about that a while ago that, you know, gardening, walking in the forest, that kind of thing can be so good for you, partly Mm. because of what you're seeing and fresh air. But also, as you say, because of the I don't know what it is, pheromones, enzymes, whatever, you know, coming up from the soil and that we inhale. And as you say, they contain natural feel good hormones and things, which is amazing. You know, it's the soil sort of we we take it in and, and it and it infuses us and Mm. helps us grow new emotions and feelings and um it's it yeah it's this real sense that soil is teeming with life and is alive and you know its life is 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 so connected to our own life and health yeah and along that along that line you know that it also is a great store of carbon Mm. Um, i've got the yes the figure 75 billion tons of carbon in the European soils alone. 
Mm. You know, stored in the form of plant and animal material, various stages of decay. So it's not just the the things that we can see outwardly as the the outputs of the soil, but also the things that's going on beneath that are helping life and sustaining it. Yeah, and on that note, there are some some good um, soil and, and specifically peat restoration projects going on. I know on mm. Dartmoor, um, the national park near me, there's some peat restoration work, you know, which is partly about protecting local habitats, but also about retaining that carbon sink in the ground. And, and similarly, grassland, you know, grazing pasture around here, it's um, some of the fields, they're not covered in trees, but actually the, the grassland and the soil themselves sink carbon. So they're valuable just for that reason, before you even think about the growing and mm. and so on. And also jumping a bit, but I was um, reminded how one of the words connected to soil is hummus, um, mm. the hummus of the, the earth. And the root of that word is is connected to the root of the word for humility and humble. So this idea that being grounded mm. is, is literally kind of being of the earth, um, mm. having humility, being humble. It's It's not sort of being too up in the clouds, but just being really rooted. And I love that idea that being rooted in the earth mm. provides humility and, and um, yeah, just, just groundedness. Yeah, that, I, lo- I love that kind of link that you've made there with the, the hummus. Um, and similarly, I've got a quote actually along those lines by Dr. Daniel Hillel, who says the Latin name for man, homo, derived from hummus, the stuff of life in the soil. So reminding us that we... We all come from the soil. We are sustained and nourished by it, and we will return to it. So we really are intricately linked to to the soil. And you know, and even the ball of rock that we're orbiting in space—it's Earth. It's planet mm. Earth. We are Earthlings. <laughs> we are. That's we're true. Not waterlings, even though we, mm. you know, evolved from the oceans, we're part of it, aren't we? Mm. Hmm. And yet, I guess something that is important to bring in here as well is, is a threat to soil. You've touched on it a bit with, with some of the projects you mentioned earlier, Elizabeth, but I've got some quotes here of globally 52% of agricultural land is already degraded and much of what remains is stripped of organic matter, resulting in dramatic declines in agricultural productivity of the soil. And if this continues, the United Nations estimates that we could lose all soil that can be cultivated in the next 60 years. And with a population expected to reach nearly 10 billion by 2050, we could soon face a food crisis of untold proportions. Mm. I find that it's just really, it's a reality check, isn't it? You know, we Mm. can't take the soil for granted. It, Mm. it, it, It won't always be there if we don't look after it. And there, you know, there are... Yeah, the, the the big scale, the intensive mega farms, particularly in the US, mm-hmm. um, we don't have them to the same extent in the UK at the moment, although policy changes and so on uh, look like they're opening the door potentially for that. But the way that we have farmed so intensively, it's, you know, the soil's exhausted. That's what it is. It mm. can't sustain life anymore. Some farmers rest their fields so they have a chance to kind of recuperate. People I know like my friend James Rebanks, the author and farmer up in Cumbria, they now, um, rather than ploughing their soil, mm-hmm. they um, cover it with kind of cover crops through the winter um, mm. and then their animals will graze that and sort of tread it into the soil and, you know, do their business at the same time. So that manure goes into the soil, mm-hmm. the plants get trampled into the soil and it regenerates the soil um, and they don't use any 
external you know fertilizer inputs anymore they don't need to um, and they sequester more carbon in their farm than they release carbon so they're actively sinking carbon so there are ways to farm well mm-hmm. um, in such a way that really restores the health of the soil and through that the health of us you know our food is healthier and it's, it's more traceable we know where it comes from but we need you know support for that kind of farming because a lot of farmers just can't afford to to do mm-hmm. that and um, so it's intimately tied to policy and funding and all these things but yeah it's this you know that what you just read out um and the the numbers and the number of soil cycles we potentially have left it's mm-hmm. a real wake-up call i think yeah so then i think you know people like us who aren't farmers and listeners mm-hmm. who might not be farmers what what do we do about that because mm. it's if it can be very hard to you know l- roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty literally in the soil can't it if that's not your world and there are some great organizations um you know some some in the uk like the soil association and the nature friendly farming network have some great resources mm. um and lots of good informative articles and things to learn more about this stuff particularly from a farming and food point of view yes some other ones that i came across were were soils for the future um rainforest alliance we can put some links to those two and and one that i i came across um there's a lady called lisa richards who i know through the mo foundation um put up a a post on linkedin 10 minutes you know after i'd started my research last night about soil Um, pointing to an organization called Conscious Planet, which is a global movement to initiate the conscious approach to soil and planet. Um, And they're seeking to show governments of all nations that their citizens want a policy to revitalize soil and ecology. And what I really like about their approach is that they're bringing in a diverse mixture of people. So um, academics, scientists, celebrities, policy experts, spiritual leaders, Mm. you know, to bring people together around this, this goal um to kind of bring us back to to the earth and they've got some lovely videos you know by people like um Klaus Schwab the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum through to um Deepak Chopra um Jane Goodall um his holiness the 14th Dalai Lama you know so it's a really eclectic group of people and to help raise awareness uh Sadhguru who is a yogi and mystic named one of India's 50 most influential people who is unfolding Conscious Planet is going to be riding a motorcycle alone over 30,000 kilometers across 24 nations, starting in London and ending in Southern India from March. And back in December on World Soil Day, uh, Sadhguru said, right now, it looks like climate change and ecology are the playground of the rich and elite. This must change. Individual human beings should become conscious about the danger we are facing and goes on to say our attention has to shift to soil. What I like about Conscious Planet is they they have some various ways to get involved from being an earth buddy um, where you you sign up and stay connected and help spread the word 10 minutes a day. It's being a planet champion and getting more involved. So there are some practical ideas that you can implement straight away, Mm. even if you're not a farmer or you're not a gardener. Nice. I love the eclecticness of people that, that you know, that are involved in that. Because mm. we, we need all eyes on this, you know. It can't be just left to the farmers or, or mm. just to the policymakers or it needs artists, it needs families, it needs mm. all, all, it needs everyone. 
and also closer to home. So I know there's a scheme, I think it's called Open Farm Sunday, mm-hmm. whereby you can you can look up um, farms near you that open their gates, open their doors, um, I think some Sundays throughout the year, and you can just go and have a walk around and mm. see, ask farmers, what, you know, what do you do and how do you work and tell me about your soil. And, and they can be really interesting ways of just getting to know your you know, your local food producers, your local patch, and sort of growing those connections between worlds that might not otherwise talk to each other. Mm. So that's another nice, and that, you know, especially if you've got kids, that can be a really nice thing, going having a look around a farm. Yeah. And that, and that, I think that's so important, you know, with children is to to keep that connection, you know, with the earth. I mean, we we live in London and, you know, I'm really keen that my children come back from walks with mud, or, or soil or dirt or however we're defining this on their shoes mm. and boots you know mm. that that they don't have to keep clean <laughs> you know yes. yeah. which I think obviously with city dwellers you know we tend to keep quite neat and clean but actually I love seeing them going off you know and exploring the little wooded bits and parks um, mm. so yeah I think that's to kind of keep that magic wherever you live um, mm. and, and an appreciation for for really reconnecting with with the earth is it's really important. Mm. And actually on that note, so I, in my reading, I also often read children's books just because mm. I think they are naturally often magical. Um, I read a book recently called Bloom by Nicholas Skinner, and it's aimed at kind of middle grade ages. And it's really about this. It's about how a, a particular town kind of lost its connection to itself, its land, its soil, its greenery. And it. Um, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but anyway, it really speaks to the the magic, the wonder of seeds and soil and how mm. children and, and families and communities mm. are intimately kind of connected mm. into this stuff it, I really recommend it it's a, it's a lovely book if mm. you have children or if you just want a bit of a dose of magic yourself I really mm. recommend it you know going back to something that we enjoy recognizing in unfurling it's the wonder isn't it that you know mm. soil isn't just a sludgy brown thing under our feet it's a wondrous mm. thing that we don't totally understand actually yeah, noticing that wonder and also just kind of the metaphors that can come out of soil as well. That those ideas around diversity, complexity, what it is to be alive. I guess it kind of, for me, at least prompts some some interesting ways of thinking. Yeah, it's full of metaphors. I mean, yeah, what, where is the soil in our own lives? What nourishes us? Mm. What is the fertilizer, the manure in our own lives? What, what mm. seeds are lying dormant that might at some point bloom with the right nutrients? you know poured around them mm. um, where, where do we sometimes need dormancy where we may be drawn actually to activeness and productivity actually you know nature lies dormant mm. for a time and, and I think sometimes we need to as well to to let the fruit of the next stage be as healthy as it can be mm. well I, I'm very much living that out at the moment I um my new year's mm. resolution uh is no goals 2022 um, to allow space for serendipity. And um, I've actually just before we started recording to come off a, a coaching call where I was being coached and just exploring what, what that's really about. And for me, it's just, I've just got this real sense of knowing that now is a time to, to pause and allow space into my life and not knowing what's to come of it but just sometimes we you know rather than just setting the next achievement you know I've I've been working quite hard on various things at the end of last year which all got ticked off and Mm. it'd be easy to set the next thing but actually sometimes it's it's not about just 
getting the next thing all the time. Sometimes it is just allowing oneself to slow down and and think, where do I need, yeah, to replenish myself? Mm. Um, and where do I need to pause um, and allow things to grow that we might not even know are there? Yeah. And equally to let go of some things, you know, yeah. the most beautiful rose bushes are only beautiful because they get pruned um, mm-hmm. and looked after. So, you know, what is no longer serving us or mm. what are we no longer serving well? Um, yes. And it's okay to prune. It's, it's, it's right to prune. It's mm. leaving space for being dormant as much as growing and being productive. Yeah. And actually that metaphor is quite sweet in a way that, that pruning idea, because actually then everything you prune can go back into the soil, yeah. you know, and, and nourish it. So it's not like you're yeah. losing yeah. something. It's like, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's lovely and cyclical. Yes. Um, yeah. In the same way that, you know, often a failure is never really a failure. If it's going mm. back in and informing our learning mm. and our growth and our wisdom, it's, it, it can be helpful. Um mm. So yeah, lots of lovely metaphors. Yeah. So I have to say, I'm enjoying this this conversation, Elizabeth. We we didn't kind of set uh, goals or aims for where, where this was going to go today. I think it really in honour of soil, you know, which whilst it can help with fungi networks and things, you know, it doesn't have really rigid structures um, in place. And and for me, what's coming up is just kind of having my curiosity prompted around soil like me this time 24 hours ago wasn't really thinking about it and today I'm like wow this is a really interesting topic and something I I personally want to go and explore more and and that's what we'd love to invite in you the listeners what made this for some of you this may be a, a topic you know a lot about you may be keen gardeners you may be farmers you may be people that are really attuned for the land but for many others I imagine this might be a, a newish topic the the phrase came into my head just digging in the soil it, and i think it's it's that isn't it it's we've we've dug a bit here and and i have yeah. some things um i don't think there are any sweeping answers in terms of you know physically how to protect and save the soil but there are lots of good things going on and we've pointed to a few of those buds of hope mm-hmm. that we see around whether that's farm scale in the uk or global organization scale or books mm-hmm. to bring inspiration but yeah I think we have just been prompted to dig a bit ourselves and Mm. would invite you to do so and whatever that looks like for you and yeah be curious and Mm. find that magic and wonder that we've started to smell in the soil (laughs) as we've we've researched and walked in it and looked at it yes it's about looking at it with new eyes isn't it really Mm. it's it's not just a thing to take a brown thing out there to take for granted. It's a mm. whole ecosystem and world of possibility under our feet. Mm. And we need to sort of treat it as such in yeah. whatever way we can. Yeah. And bringing, bringing it into the conversation. Mm. You know, I, I don't think I've really just trying to think the last time I talked about soil with anyone it would have been a, a long while ago. <laughs> Yeah, a regular conversation about soil, but I feel like it maybe is actually becoming part of the conversation a bit more. Yeah, Um, and I think it it should. And and as we mm. all become more aware about it um, and think about it and learn about it and experience it, which is always the important thing, um, Mm. there'll be more uh, motivation behind movements that are looking to protect soil around the world. Um, And that's how we can change some policy. Um, Mm. Yeah, and, and 
you know, I think changing policy has got to be a, a big goal out there. But but equally, you know, we can steer those things in day to day decisions, like mm. how do we spend our money if, mm-hmm. you know, if we've got the chance and we're able to buy local or and ideally organic food, you know, we are saying that actually we think it's important that soil is treated in a certain way. Um, sadly, for a lot of people, it's not an option to buy organic food because wrongly it's much more expensive um and actually we need to kind of decouple that those conversations of you know the cost of food Mm -hmm. and the way farming is done because um it isn't sustainable uh in its Mm -hmm. in its kind of current form and we won't go into that at the moment but but if we're able to right now we can we can make choices in our Mm -hmm. day-to-day lives and, and that's one thing we can do yeah and and for the parents out there it's um my mum gave me this book a while back and I have to confess I haven't read it yet but it's it's called let them eat dirt mm. um saving our children from an over sanitized world great book reference I love a book reference so thanks Kat <laughs> so as we come to a close I just wanted to share another quote from Aldo Leopold who wrote a San County Almanac at a U.S. an an American author some decades ago, he said, we abuse land because we regard it as a commodity belonging to us. When we see land as a community to which we belong, we may begin to use it with love and respect. Mm. And I know that quote is about land rather than Mm. specifically soil, but Mm. they're connected. And I, you know, bringing love and respect, even into the language of how we talk about soil, Mm. you know, it would be wonderful at at government level to hear them Mm. talking about respect for the soil, Mm. respect for our land, Mm. um, let alone love. Um, But yeah, you know, in our lives, how, what does that love and respect look like in Mm. our own patch, in our community? And how we treat all of that. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's making me think of some of our previous episodes. You know, one on patience, uh, one on place. You know, mm. there's there's so much interconnectedness. Always seems, and soil feels like one that can bring a lot of different ideas and thinking together. Actually, mm. yeah, yeah. In the same way that it joins trees together and helps mm. them talk to each other and share share resources and information. I think it does the same as you say with some of the topics we've looked at um mm. and some of the initiatives going on out there you know the soil can kind of bind it all together mm. so here's the soil here's the soil I feel like we need mm-hmm. to raise a glass yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it's good I've enjoyed looking at it mm. yeah and thanks listeners for listening we appreciate you mm. Absolutely. And yeah, we'd love to hear what's been prompted in you. Mm. Um, Some of you may well have a lot more experience than us in terms of soil. So please do bring in that experience as well. Mm. Yeah. And if you have been prompted or have ideas to share, we'd love to hear them. You can get in touch on our Facebook page and or via our website, which is www.unfurling.co.uk. And we would love to hear from you. Yeah, and the Facebook page is Unfurling Podcast. Thank you. I always forget to mention that. It's okay, no worries. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. And thank you for listening to Unfurling, a podcast that explores the power of the natural world to inform and inspire. See you next time. See you soon.